0: The
1: world headquarters of RE Solutions in Louisville, Kentucky. It's the Louisville Real Estate Report with Mike Gandolfo. The show is brought to you by Brian, the mortgage guy. Biz, John Onan with Pillar to Post Home Inspections, and Dan Hill of Kentucky Farm Bureau. Hello, everybody. This is Mike Gandolfo, and welcome to our February 2014 podcast, the Louisville, the Louisville Real Estate Report, and uh, we as always, we have Brian the Mortgage Guy. Brian, what's going on? Hello, hello.
2: Thank you for having me as always.
1: Yes, and uh, we're joined today by a very special guest. We have Brian the Mortgage Guy and Dan the Insurance Man.
0: Dan, Dan, <laughs> always on time. Insurance
1: man. <laughs> yes, so Dan <laughs> is here, and we're going to talk a little bit about the home insurance, uh, the whole procedure, and how it's important. and uh, Before we get started, though, I just want to give like a real quick kind of update of what's going on in our real estate market here in Louisville. Um, our sales are basically flat right now in Louisville. Not a real surprise because uh, that means we're probably up a little bit because real estate agents are lazy and we don't upload everything in the system. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there's probably more sales out there that are actually being thin- that are actually reported right now. But uh, our number of listings is down like 15 percent this time this year uh, versus last year. So there is a huge shortage in inventory, and we need to you know, really get people out there. Sales right now, the, the, or values right now, are about up 3% from this time last year. So it's good news. Competition strong, 3% raising values. We need more people to list their house. That's the number one thing. Anything you're seeing on the uh, mortgage side there, Brian?
2: Oh, surprisingly enough, mortgage rates have been flat. Uh, you know, I guess when we had our first, uh, our first podcast, I had said we'd see things moving up steadily. Uh, with the government not buying mortgage-backed securities and bonds uh, at the same volume as they have been for the last couple of years, but rates have been uh, rates have been pretty flat. We're looking at about 4.5, 4.625 in some cases for a conventional mortgage.
1: So you know, still affordable home affordability is still really good. Selections not as good as it was. It was uh, so it's a good time to buy, a good time to sell. It's going to shift. I mean, it's definitely going to be a tougher. Um, Environment to buy later, the, the later you wait. I don't think there's any doubt about it. At the end of the year, interest rates will probably be creeping up really close to five, and uh, inventory probably still going to be fairly low. So uh, it's a good time to look at it. So, but on to our special guest. We have, like I said, Dan, the insurance man, Dan Hill with Kentucky Farm Bureau is here in studio, and we're going to talk a little bit about insurance because I don't, I think uh, most people, when they get home insurance, it's kind of an afterthought. You know, it's like something they have to do to, to close. So they just get their home insurance and you know, that way they can close and it's usually like two or three days before closing.
0: Well, yeah, and, and home insurance rates in the state of Kentucky in the last few years has risen on average about 40%, 50%. So who you're talking to – We've had a to, couple of natural disasters. A few. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, who you're talking to um, and then what's built into that plan? You know, do you have a basement? Do you have water backup coverage? Is there enough? Um, if you have a sump pump in that basement, you definitely want something called water backup coverage. Um liability insurance oftentimes when people think about home insurance they're just thinking about replacing that house they're not thinking about what if they go to a family get together play softball and hit the neighbor's kid upside the head <laughs> you know is there going to be enough money guess what that's paid by home insurance so there's a lot to, to think about and to talk about with home insurance it's definitely important to sit down and actually go over a policy with your insurance agent or with an insurance agent who's going to do this with you ask you the right questions inform you about how this policy is going to work. Brian and I uh,
1: regularly talk about how um, all of our industries are becoming more and more of a commodity. People are judging you on price. Yes. And uh, like with real estate agents, you know, what's your commission? That's the first thing that people want to ask. And I never discuss commission first because they need to know what they're getting for that price. And <clears throat> because I think it's, it's you know, you usually get what you pay for, just like with anything else. And I think Brian, I know, gets shopped on price all the time. It's probably more of a commodity – or Brian, for Brian, for the mortgage side than it is even for the real estate side. And I would think that's probably similar on the insurance side. People just want to get the lowest price and they don't really know of course what they're is. buying.
0: And and I think one of the things that happened was that we had such a strong economy. Uh, the industries themselves kind of went in this direction where it was about volume, getting that policy done in a hurry and moving on to the next. And as this economy's changed, it's become more important to the industry and to individuals to sit down and make sure that whatever's in place is actually going to perform well when something happens. And so the key here is to sit down with individuals and really take a look at, at where they're at today and where they want to go, and make sure that the insurance is going to protect them should something occur.
1: Yeah, I think that you know most people look at insurance like the uh, like the pissed off teenager who just got his driver's license, right? <laughs> it's like nothing's going to happen to me. You know, I'm going to be invincible. So you know, just whatever, and then when the, the something actually happens and you need it, you know, and they're wondering why they don't have the coverage that they thought they had, or why it's not being handled a certain way, then it's always not their fault. It's usually they feel like blaming it on the insurance.
0: And, and to some degree, I, I would I would give them some a, a credit for that because you know how good of a job are we doing sitting down and making sure that that people understand these uh, coverages. Now that being said, if I'm a, a savvy Consumer, I want to find someone who's going to do that for me. Oh yeah, I agree. And uh,
2: it's a it's kind of a shame. Again, I don't mean to to hop in here, but it's kind of a shame that I have to remind my clients over and over. Hey, make sure that you're getting a quote. Make sure that you're actually talking about about the appraised value of the house, about the area that it's in, that you have the address, purchase price, and uh, make sure that you're working on this throughout the process. Because so many folks they're so concerned about everything else that they really don't prioritize getting insurance in place early uh, in the buying process.
1: Yeah, because once you're under contract, you have an invested interest in that house and there's an insurable interest that at least your insurance agent needs to know about um, because, you know, something happens and you're under contract and you've already paid for a, a home inspection and a, and a an appraisal and all this other stuff and then the house burns down and you had all these plans kind of in, in order. Now, you might not be covered for that, but you need to have at least – the insurance side kind of working at that time. You know, I, I always, we always tell people right after they get into a contract to tell their insurance agent, Hey, I'm, I'm buying a home. This is what's going on. And at least make them aware of it.
0: Exactly. Um, you know, the other piece of this is that the house is going to be one part of your future an incredibly important one. You know, I can, I can take care of that need. If the house burns down, I can take care of it. If, uh, you know, the torn tornado hits it. But if something happens to you, I can't pay your mortgage for you going forward, and so there's a lot that needs to be talked about when you're looking to purchase that home and how you're going to maintain it and ensure that it's going to be there for you and your family for years to come.
1: So Dan and I were having coffee last week, and we kind of came up with this idea of like you know meeting with our clients, and uh, and when I meet with my clients, I sit down with them and we talk about their insurance needs. But from what he was just talking about, the the home insurance is just a part of it. They also have to have the disability insurance. In place in case something happens to them. They have to have the life insurance instead of in case something really bad happens to them. And, you know, that way they don't leave a mess behind. But having those other insurances in place, what do you think about like an umbrella policy with that as well?
0: Uh, an umbrella policy can be a very good thing depending on your own personal circumstances. Um, it's not going to be for everybody. But if you have a, a, a high liability risk. Um, you've got money put aside. You've got investments. Uh, you've got a high earning income. It's very important to take a look at an umbrella and what that could do for you, which is a, a blanket liability coverage that can be a million dollars or more. That's incredibly important.
1: Um, we we rob the idea of a kid getting hit, you know, with a baseball out of a yard or whatever, and home insurance will cover you to a point. Right. The umbrella would kick in after that point. Is that correct? Correct.
0: Yeah. And so you know the whether or not the umbrella is the appropriate choice for you or not is something to sit down and talk to an insurance professional about. But it is definitely a—it's a, a nice—you know—you get that umbrella, you set that aside. It gives you that sense of, of confidence that even in some of the craziest of circumstances, you're going to have coverage there to protect you. The other piece for for home ownership that's incredibly important is that many of us who buy homes have made this mistake before. As soon as we move in, we want to furnish it with brand-new furnishings. We we may end up buying a brand-new car the next year, and it's just very easy that first couple of years to find yourself – buying everything you want and not always everything that you need. And so one of the things that that a insurance professional can do for you in looking over your finances and your insurance needs is to kind of make a 10-year plan and say, you know, what's next and, and how do we stay on track and make sure that all the important things are taken care of before we purchase that car.
1: I think that's an important part of the plan too. I know when we go through the home purchasing process, we do the same thing. It's not not what your need is now, but – What's your family going to look like in five years? Is this house going to still suit your needs? Is it going to is it going to allow you to grow with it as well, so that you're in a situation where, you know, the house would, could could be with you for five to ten years, and uh, that's really important to have that kind of global perspective
2: and look down the road.
0: And will you have we have the money together to go and look at that second house?
2: Dan, question for you. So, uh, uh, the insurance agent that I had about three months ago, after I got well, oh, four months ago now, after I got my. Oh, Gosh, I had him for about three years. I never heard from him. Right. So yeah, so I got the initial policy, and uh, I got my little mailers for my bills. I had to pay the bill every month, but I stopped hearing. I mean, uh, what what? I get what's the good time of year? I guess for maybe for us homeowners, I guess, to reach out to our insurance agents.
0: You know, uh, winter time is always is generally going to be a little bit slower time for for most industries. It's a great time to, to get a hold of your insurance agent. Um, but there's really not a bad time. You know, the the, the time is going to be when you need to have some answers, some questions answered. Um, you know, we talked about the commoditization of our of our industries. When your insurance agent doesn't reach out to you for three years, what's the difference between that product where you have an agent attached to it and uh, you know a cartoon gecko? You know, there's not <laughs> right.
1: Well, I mean, at that point, the the agent is saying that the business is becoming a commodity too, and he's just after the sale, right? He's just looking for the transaction. You
0: know, I like to say I'm not Jake from State Farm. No, no offense to State Farm. I like to say that I'm not a a checkout clerk at uh, Progressive Insurance. No, you offense don't look like to Flo. Progressive. Yeah, I don't. I don't look like Flow. Um, <laughs> I like Flow. But you know, the, at the end of the day, as a as a professional, I have to sit down and ask myself, what is the difference between me and Jake or Flow? You know, am I doing something a step above to make it, um, you know, worthwhile to my clients to want to have an ongoing relationship with me?
1: I think that's like extremely important because I know like early in my real estate career that was, that was what I needed to do. It's like okay, I'm going to be asking these people to pay me this commission, and it's like I can't, in good faith, the integrity that, you know, that I feel that I have, say, I want you to pay me this money without proving my value and having, um, having it show that you're getting what you pay for or you're getting a good value for what it is. Um, And I was part of that and selling myself was part of that.
0: Well, and Brian, a question to you. Um, We spoke about this before the program. You know, If you're just going online to buy a mortgage, there's no one there to kind of counsel you. Is this the right time to do it? Um, What's your credit score look like today? And that kind of got us into a conversation about how credit is used. And of course, in mortgages, and in insurance.
2: Well, yeah, I'll tell you, the uh, technology and the Internet, it's wonderful, but it's also uh, our worst enemy at times. One of the great things about getting online and looking for mortgage rates is kind of makes your day. Because here, you know, if you bank at one of the big banks and you go there to their facility, you see a rate that's published, yet you're shopping around online and you see a rate that's a quarter point of three-eighths less in interest rate, makes you feel warm and fuzzy, and it's uh, kind of a small accomplishment. But what you don't know are all the things that go into the rate, whether you're paying origination fees, if you have to have a certain percentage, certain percentage down, if it's for, you know, for a specific property type. Uh, like when you're qualifying for a mortgage, the rate might be slightly higher for a condo as it would be for a single family house. So that's where I guess there's a lot of value uh sitting across the table, or as I like to say, sitting on the same side of the table. Uh, with a mortgage professional where they can walk you through everything. I mean, uh, when I sit down with my clients, well, friends, that's that's what they become, uh, I almost want to give them so much information, I guess, that they're a little overwhelmed. And then I break down. I tell them, here are the things that you really need to focus on and the things that you should worry about. And that I promise you, if any point in time uh, during your purchase, if you need to worry, I'll let you know.
0: Well, and one of the big issues for for real estate, for a loan, for insurance, Um, and not everyone's aware of it, that that it's such a big part of the insurance industry now, is credit. Um, In the insurance industry, we use what's called an insurance score. All the major carriers use insurance scores. Actually, I don't know of a carrier that doesn't use the insurance score. It's technically not uh, a hit against your credit, but it is a credit score. It is essentially – Nothing more than a credit score, simply the insurance agents, insurance industry weights that score differently so that you may have a, a very fine credit score for a home loan. But when you come to get your home insurance, you may be surprised that the rate's high because your score with us could be very different depending on the way that we weight that. Yeah. And so those are all important factors in pricing out, you know, this home purchase.
1: So then when should the buyer come talk to you or come talk to their insurance agent about their home insurance needs? Should they do it even before the contract?
0: Well, on a new client, you know, when you're ready to buy a house, your insurance score is going to be what your insurance is going to be. Now, there's nothing you can but do. could
1: it be a score that would prevent them from even being able to buy in the first place?
0: No, we will offer that. There, there's that's a little bit different, I guess, in the insurance industry is that we will offer you a product. There's um, now that being said, scores can be high enough that your your product may be different than than a mainstream product. You may have to go with a substandard carrier, which means your rate would be rather high. But in those circumstances, you're going to have a tough time applying for being approved for a mortgage. Um, But for most people, it's not going to be a massive difference, but it's going to have an effect. Now, that going forward in sitting down with clients and speaking with them... um, and then catching up with them again a year or two years down the road and doing an insurance review is an opportunity to kind of coach them through what sort of things have you done recently. Have you had a lot of new purchases? Have you made a lot of changes financially? Um, Were all those necessary, and what could we do going forward? Um, Really, you know, just the same thing in the mortgage industry. If I can help you get on a solid financial path, all of those other things are going to come into line.
1: That's right. Getting again that global perspective of like how does this all fit into your financial world and where you want to go. And you and I talk about this whole this whole idea of the pyramid, and you know having those basic needs taken care of first, and having that be the base and the foundation of that pyramid. The next tier of that pyramid is kind of being your your lifestyle and your charitable giving and um, and saving. Well, and then above that would be saving for retirement, and saving for education, but that financial pyramid that allows you to kind of plan your, your, um, your lifestyle, I guess, for a better lack of terms, you know, and how you budget And people's, that pyramids out of whack. So lots of times that middle, that middle section is, is wider than the foundation, which is obviously unstable.
0: Well, and, and, and I, I, I will sit there and I will talk to someone and I will counsel them. Now, like many a counselor, I have been, I've had many of the problems myself that, that now I'm subscribing a change. Um, and I've made those changes in my own life. But like many Americans, um, and it's very rampant now, we really start with lifestyle. That's kind of the way America's built is around the idea of lifestyle. We start with all the goodies first, then we tend not to, um, you know, you're not going to be hit up with you know, life insurance commercials uh, during the middle of, of a football game. It's, you know, it's Budweiser, it's a new car, it's it's going on a shopping spree, it's these sorts of items. It's, you know, it's not, hey, you should get disability insurance today, or you know what would be really great with that ball game? A life insurance policy, you know, those things aren't going to occur. And so my job is to come in and say, hey, you know, let's, this needs to happen first. And if we do this first, when you get to that lifestyle Piece in that pyramid. It's going to feel really good. It sounds like what you're saying is a uh, lifestyle
2: creates experiences and really no but your insurance secures them.
0: Well, what insurance is an answer to a lot of the things that you and I would really be stressed out and and worry and and stay up late at night every night if we didn't have them. We take auto and home insurance. Home insurance is, is something that we really take for granted and in a review there's not
1: Part of the reason we take it for granted too is because most people don't write that check every year. Most people, that's right, have it paid in their house payment, and they don't even
0: they don't right. think twice about. It. <laughs> well, and we and we and most people take it for granted that you would it would be a very foolish move to live without home insurance on your home. If you have your loan paid off, you don't have to come and purchase that. You can take the risk every year. Most people would tell you you're foolish, but when we get into some other topics. Um, we don't. We don't have the same opinions. Many people live without life insurance. I would tell you that I think the life insurance to live without it's more foolish than to live without the home. And so there's that there's that whole piece that comes uh, into play when you're talking about I'm, I want to buy this house, um, especially for first time homebuyers. Is is kind of where do we want to go from here? And then from the second piece is. Your life changes. So as you buy that new house, it's normally not the only thing that's happened to you since the last house that you bought. And are we making sure to talk about all those things?
1: So, all right, let's 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 walk through this whole process. So we get somebody under contract. They call Dan the insurance man, and they uh, they need home insurance. What are the questions they need to ask you right off the bat? Or what, even before that, what kind of information are you going to need from them? to give them a good quote on homeowner's insurance?
0: Well, one of the great things about technology, Brian was saying, you know, it's, it's one of the best things. It could be one of the worst things is that the amount of information I need is much smaller than it ever has been. Um, you know, the address of the home, I'm going to need your birth date. I'm going to need your social security number. Uh, I'm going to need to know a really minimal amount of questions about the home itself. The rest of that, I can really research on my own. Um, so the initial kind of, Quote process to just get us speaking is very simple, and then from there I'm going to start to ask you quite a few questions myself based on that property. Hey, Dan, question for you: If uh, if that home buyer,
2: so if they're already in contract and they have had uh, a property uh, a property
0: inspection done, does that help you out at all? You know, they'll be able to answer questions a lot easier for me. It it, it helps. Um, you know. As a loan officer, you know, you can't, you know, I can't have access. I guess if the homeowner gives me access, potential buyer to the appraisal that I'm allowed to take a look at that, that can be, having an appraisal in front of me can be very good. Or if if the buyer themselves has the appraisal in front of them, that answers a lot of our particular questions. Got it.
1: All right. So what are the components, though, of the homeowner's insurance policy that people need to look at when they're deciding what's right for them?
0: Most of the time, people are going to be concerned about just the coverage on the home itself, but you have a number of different pieces to a home insurance policy. You have a certain amount of money that's going to be there just to cover the structure itself. Then there's a certain amount of money there for personal property. I call that toothpaste to televisions. Most people don't <laughs> don't conceive of just how much there is inside of a home that's personal property. We, For instance, we, we purchase our clothes over a long period of time. And and if you ha- if your house burnt down and you had to run out tomorrow and and recreate your wardrobe and and not at the Macy's sale and not at the you know thirty percent off but you just have to go out and you have to replace it and you need to get back to work how expensive of a cost that would actually be Brian's got like
1: seven eight thousand dollars in shoes
0: <laughs> well, dude well, come <laughs> on <laughs> I love shoes um so you've got that. You've got uh, other structures. So uh, you you purchased this house, and you've got a nice big two-car uh, detached garage with an upstairs room in it. Yeah. But your house is $250,000. Um you get 10% for that building. So that's 25 grand. And the question is, is the 25 enough? And oftentimes it's not. And so you, you need to ensure that, that there's extra coverage there. That would be a great question for, to an insurance agent is making sure those other structures are covered in case of a loss. You've got your liability, of course, which we spoke about. Liability is on or off premises. Anywhere where you can be sued for personal negligence. So you've done something wrong. Um, you can claim that on your homeowners. So there's there's a ton to think about. And then there's the exceptions on policies. So that's when we get to talking about jewelry and antiques and flooding. Brigger's Water Act. I don't know if you know the Brigger Water Act. Um, mm-hmm. that is what changed and and, and I, I honestly didn't get a chance. I've been busy today. I didn't get a chance to look at the news. I know of yesterday, nothing has been decided yet. It's being talked to the house. They're trying to make changes to this act to Potentially make flood insurance less expensive than what it's become.
1: It's become outrageous. So. Uh,
0: there have been there have been um, instances on say the coast, uh, East Coast, where policies went from forty five hundred dollars a year to forty five thousand right. dollars a year overnight. Try to sell your house. Well, not
1: only that, but just think of the you know we're not on a coastal line where it's, you know up there's right. no beachfront. That's really you know living on the Ohio River is nice, but it's not. <laughs> it's nothing great right if you're in a if you're in a flood zone here and it could make the difference of two to three hundred dollars in your payment a month right why would that that most people are just gonna go buy a house that you know for, that would be worth two hundred or three hundred dollars more a month you know?
0: And we all know that it wasn't very long ago that you could easily tell someone that the difference for a home that has flood insurance is 50 bucks a month that's gone um, I've so far this year I've seen one where Two years ago, the, the quote was in the 700 range per year, which would be a little over $50 a month. And then once it was updated to after this new act, it was $3,600 a year. So huge jump. And on top of that, you now have to go and purchase your own um, land sur- surveying company to come out and, and do what's called an elevation certificate, which on average runs somewhere between 350 to $500 to have done. So you you're going to pay for the privilege to have your home insurance or your flood insurance far more expensive than it used to be. Okay. And with
2: that elevation certificate, so if, let's say, the the back 10 feet of the yard is, is in the floodplain, the house is elevated you know, 10 feet fr- from there. Do they still need
0: flood insurance on the entire piece of property? They shouldn't. Generally speaking, you're talking about the buildings themselves. So – um, but they, what I found is that they'll
1: still make them get a flood insurance, but I not at the full, it'll be a percentage of what it would have been if it was the whole thing.
0: Um, I, you know, honestly, I would have to check and then get back with you on that particular, because my experience has been that it's been the buildings. Um, so for instance, the, I have a property that, that is uh, contracted for deed. That property was not in the flood zone, did not have to have flood insurance, um, was actually, um, when I originally purchased the house did not have to carry it when the house was refinanced, they came back and realized that the house had had an extension built on the side of it, and one one foot of that extension was sitting in that flood zone, oh. and so flood insurance had to be purchased, which wiped out the 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 refinance savings of course right um so flood insurance is a big one and and it's gonna really. Depending on what's going to happen at the in the House and and what gets passed through the Senate, could have a huge effect on people's ability to buy and sell homes in flood in flood zones.
1: Okay, so back to the home insurance thing, we're looking at the major components being the structure, the contents, and the liability. Is that is that three things to really kind of look at the con-
0: those are the big ones.
1: Yep, and then so so then we we go through and uh, the other insurances that a homeowner really needs to consider. Right off the bat, life insurance. That's that's where yeah, they need to no go next. That's yeah. a no brainer. And then you go to your disability, and if you're elderly, your long term care.
0: Correct. Well, and and yes, there. I mean, there's a lot there to, to to take a look at. But from a basic standpoint, your your next steps are life insurance, some form of disability, long term care, um, and then I'm going to to highly suggest. Um, Really, in the mix of that, an emergency fund is not something that I'm going to sell you, but it's going to be something. Something we'll that you to help need to have, with, right? And a will.
1: Yeah, the will is very important. People don't understand like what happens in Kentucky if you die if you die and don't have a will. That house does not half the house goes to your spouse, but the other beyond that, it goes to your parents, your kids, your siblings. You know, a, a whole chain of people before it gets to your spouse, uh, passed on to your spouse. If you have a home in Kentucky you need to have a will otherwise it's going to be a mess in court I mean huge mess in court absolutely so what is the biggest besides not buying life insurance and not having a will just strictly with the homeowner's insurance what is the biggest mistake you see homebuyers making with the insurance with homeowner's insurance
0: either uh, one they want to chintz on the coverage on the house you got to have enough there um Two, they don't want to take endorsements that are going to help protect them. That would be for their personal property. That could be um, something we haven't talked about, earthquake insurance, um, making sure that they have what's called water backup. Basements, uh, if you have a sump pump in your basement and that sump pump fails and backs water up into your basement, you have no coverage. It's happened to me. Yep, me too, twice. So I know, I'm that guy.
2: Um, I think that happens I,
0: almost everybody. I, mean, right. I never saw it was going to happen again. And you can purchase coverage for that, but you need to make sure that you do it. Um, you know, when it comes to things like if you have a lot of jewelry, if you have a lot of guns, if you have antiques or collections that uh, any kind of collectible that you've uh, acquired over time, these things have special limits. You may you may have twenty thousand dollars worth of jewelry stolen from your house, and and your insurance company turns around and pays you a thousand dollars. That would be awful. Um, so those are some things to consider. Earthquake insurance is another um, something that people oftentimes don't understand about earthquake is that it's a percentage deductible. So your home insurance may be a thousand, but your earthquake deductible may be ten percent. Then that's very common, ten percent. So if your home's valued at two hundred fifty thousand or is insured for two hundred fifty thousand, um, your deductible during an earthquake would be twenty five thousand before we paid a dime.
2: All right, and me not being a, a lifelong Kentucky resident. Uh, you don't say y'all yeah (laughs) well in an email yes uh on 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 our podcast here now how many uh how many earthquakes does kentucky have
0: we had one not too long ago yeah it wasn't that long ago Uh, but uh, but 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 that's it woke me up that's not our concern you know from an insurance company standpoint our our concern there's a fault line that runs between kentucky and tennessee is it Uh, not tennessee
1: it's missouri right and then, like along the almost like the city? I think the it's city? all
0: the, uh, you know, I don't know. It's down there, right? Yes, got it. We have um, a pretty
1: major fault line, though.
0: Yeah, and and it went uh, a long, long time ago. Um, but when it did, it was massive. And if that was to occur again, that's what that's what keeps the insurance company up at night. Got it. Um, so they're very concerned about that as, as something that could happen. It's um, it may not happen. You know, it's it's very likely it doesn't happen in our lifetime but it could just as easily happen. And from an insurance standpoint, from an insurance agent uh, point of view, you know, I see all the crazy things happen, right? You know, when someone says, oh, that'll never happen to me. I can say, yeah, you know, it could very easily happen to you. We see it happen all the time. Um, So that's a, that's a big one. And earthquake insurance isn't, is not a cheap endorsement. And so it's something to consider as to whether or not, um, it's it's important enough for you to to have that on your policy, and you know at twenty five thousand dollars, depending on the type of house you have, the build, where it's located at, all these things can determine how much of at risk you are for it.
1: It's a it's a lot. You know, oh, yeah.
0: in the western part of the state, um, you can't get a home loan unless you have earthquake insurance. Wow,
1: so there you go. The uh, and then single family home insurance is a lot different than commercial insurance. I'm mean, not commercial, but condo insurance. If you have a condo because the homeowner doesn't own the outside of the building. Right. So is it is it basically like a renter's policy on steroids?
0: Well, you're going to have coverage there for most contracts say from the from the drywall in. Yeah. So where that's where we're going to start from is that drywall. We're on the on a renter's insurance policy none of that building's covered, right? But we're going to take into account everything drywall in on that condo insurance.
1: All right. Well, we're basically out of time. That was really fast. We're actually over time. So, uh, Brian. want to talk a lot. That's right. You do. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Brian, you want to add anything?
2: Uh, I do. Uh, for all of you out there that are listening, that are freaked out about their insurance, if your agent never really talked about all these things, you may want to reach out to Dan.
1: Yeah, I think he's a great resource. I mean, uh, and I know Dan's happy to talk with people just to talk with them. There's no charge.
0: Right. Absolutely.
1: So, give you some guidance. And if he's the right fit, he's right fit. If he's not, no hard feelings.
0: I'm happy to meet anybody.
1: So there you go. So Dan Hill, uh, Dan, the insurance man with Kentucky Farm Bureau. Uh, Dan, what's your contact info? Uh,
0: You can reach me by phone at my office, which is 502-367-7577. You can reach me on the web at danhill.kyfb.com. My email address is dan.hill at kyfb.com. And uh, thanks a bunch, guys.
1: No, it's been great, and you know we've really enjoyed doing these podcasts, and we enjoy, you know, we thank you for supporting it and being here with us, and hopefully we'll have you back. Thank you. All right, Uh, well, we will see you guys in about
2: a month. Everybody, take uh, take it easy. Yep, take care all.